0: Homily for the 13th Sunday in Ordinary Time, June 28, 2020, St. Mary's Church, Grand Forks. This past Wednesday, a number of parishes in our diocese saw changes in their clergy serving them. Several men have retired from active ministry. In other places, priests have begun new assignments three of our deacons are now at their respective parishes, waiting to be ordained to the priesthood in August, and will continue serving those parishes for the upcoming year. Usually those ordinations would have taken place by now, but this year Bishop Fulda delayed them so that there could be a larger celebration for these men as the restrictions from the pandemic continue to be lifted. So for a month and a half, they are assisting at the altar as deacons, preaching homilies, helping to distribute Holy Communion, etc. As the old joke goes, right now they can certainly hear your confession, but they can't absolve you yet. For priests, those first days in a parish can be a complex experience. Some pastors may be good and ready for a new setting, or perhaps in other cases they were not at all planning to move. The churches to which they are sent may have gotten quite comfortable with the last guy, or maybe there is some dysfunction there in the community that needs to be healed. What I tried to do during my first weekend's Masses was to introduce myself briefly and preach about the Scripture readings for that day without carrying on too long. I trusted that there would be plenty of time for me to say what I have to say, and there's no need to try doing it all at once. It's also good to remember that many parishioners will hang back a little bit at the beginning and size us up to make sure that we're not off our rockers. Here at St. Mary's, there's been a lot of continuity in the parish's history, for the most part. Over a span of nearly seven decades, only three pastors had served here, Monsignors Fletcher, Boyle, and Singer, Lots of parochial vicars came and went during that period, but from 1917 to 1985, those three were at the helm. More recently, my two predecessors, Father Jerry and Father Dan, were here for a dozen years each. I would consider it a singular privilege if the Holy Spirit and the Bishop allow me to do the same. I'm bringing this up up primarily to invite you to pray for Father Meyer and Father Petro, the new priest at Holy Family, and Deacon Jared, the soon-to-be new priest at St. Michael's. Nothing means quite as much to us as a robust show of prayerful support. A pastor and his people may differ in details of how they go about the ministry, but their purpose and mission must be united, to live out our identity together as the body of Christ active in the world. In addition, two retired priests have moved to Grand Forks this summer. Father Bernie Schneider is at an apartment here in town, and Father Joseph Dacco, a classmate of mine, will be living at St. Anne's Guest Home. I know they appreciate your gracious care and concern as you interact with them in the community. Today's readings touch on two separate topics the role of merit and rewards in the Christian life and the firm demands Jesus places on his disciples. First of all, the prophet Elisha in today's first reading received hospitality and warm consideration from a couple when he came to their village. God pledged through Elisha that the woman would be freed from the obstacle of infertility. She would soon conceive and give birth to a son. Jesus declared in today's gospel, that whoever gives a cup of cold water to a thirsty disciple will receive a reward. Is Jesus saying that those who are saved earn that salvation only by carrying out particular deeds? Not at all. We are saved by the death and resurrection of Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, as a gift. All who will be saved will be saved because of the work of Christ and not their own. This shouldn't even be a debate, but there's no doubt that God does offer actual graces to those who perform virtuous deeds in his name. It makes no sense for Christians, aware of Jesus bestowing new life upon them, to be morally passive and check out. Having working arms and legs is one thing, but if I never exercise them, my muscles will become weak and atrophy will set in. God calls us to a both-and approach. We are to rejoice in the victory of our Savior over the forces of evil. And we need to embrace the ways that we can apply the fruits of his victory in how we love our neighbor. Now, Jesus began today's gospel reading with a truly jarring message. Whoever loves one's parents or children more than Jesus is not worthy of him and whoever will not take up their cross and follow him is not worthy of him either. That can't be possible, can it? Does Jesus discount the fourth commandment, directing us to honor our father and mother? Of course not. Here's what Jesus is asking of us. If your family, to whom you are closer than anyone else on earth, decided to stand in the way of your relationship with me, what will you do? If you develop an attachment to someone or some activity that contradicts me, will you choose it over me? If a merely human figure said to us what Jesus says to us here, we would write that person off and ridicule them. To their great credit, representatives of major world religions like Buddha, Muhammad, or Confucius never said any such thing. But Jesus effectively declares, You must love me more than you love even those you treasure most in the whole world. No one but a divine person can legitimately make such a demand of us. The challenge is clear. What do we do with this message? Do we find it impossible that our religion can be so forceful? Do we feel that the Lord is asking too much? What we need is the ability to understand the paradox of our faith. Whoever finds his life will lose it, Jesus told us today, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. If we place our greatest joys in what this passing world offers us, we will be offended, devastated when they are taken away. But our parting with them, our trading them in, so to speak, enables God to grant us far better things. Being worthy of Jesus does not lie in our dictating to him what we value most, but we being willing to take up our cross and follow him, no matter what sufferings we encounter along the way. Amen.